This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Good afternoon, I'm Libby Snymer. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. 2012 is the year to end elder abuse, and on Friday that goal became one step closer after a roundtable discussion with the Minister of State for Seniors, Alice Wong. We'll talk with CARP's VP of Advocacy, Susan Eng, and Minister Wong about what has to be done. She's one of Canada's biggest talents. Soprano Misha Bruger-Gossman will be here to talk about her battle with heart disease and what every woman should know. Cupid, draw back your bow and let your arrow go. Plus, it's Sam Cooke's birthday. The King of Soul would have been 81 today. We'll take a look back at his amazing career, but first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Do you fill every prescription your doctor gives you? Many of us don't. A disturbing new survey says almost 1 in 10 Canadians skips medicines because of the cost. The findings, based on the 2007 Canada Community Health Survey, are reported in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. The phenomenon was particularly noticeable among people without drug insurance. One in four of these respondents said they could not afford to have their prescriptions filled. Those under the age of 65 were also less likely to take medication as prescribed for cost reasons. The study was done by researchers at the University of British Columbia, the University of Toronto, and the Institute for Clinical Evaluative Sciences in Toronto. Meanwhile, the United States has been drastically overhauling its health system, and now the Obama administration has another goal, finding an effective treatment for Alzheimer's by 2025. President Obama's administration is developing the first national Alzheimer's plan to address the medical and social problems of dementia, not just better treatments, but better day-to-day care for patients and their overwhelmed caregivers. The plan is still being written, but a draft sets 2025 as the target date. You may remember that back in December, the Tories finally killed mandatory retirement for federally regulated industries. But it's still the rule in many countries. In India, the mandatory age of retirement is 62, and the country's top soldier, General Vijay Kumar Singh, is currently in a legal dispute over this. He claims he was born in May of 1951 and won't turn 62 until next year. The government says its records show he was born a year earlier and must retire in four months. General Singh has brought the government to court the first time a serving general has done so. The case is complicated because Singh's army records and school certificates all show different dates of birth. Like many Indians of his generation, he has no official birth certificate. Singh insists that his case is not about getting another year in power, but rather about honor and integrity. 2011 was a great year for Zoomers in film and television. Last Sunday, numerous Boomers took home Golden Globes. 
George Clooney was awarded Best Actor in a Drama for his role in The Descendants. Meryl Streep took home the same award for her portrayal of Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. Morgan Freeman won the Cecil B. DeMille Award. It was presented to him by the iconic actor Sidney Poitier. And Canada's Christopher Plummer took home Best Supporting Actor for his role in Beginnings, a film about a widowed man who comes out of the closet after his wife's death. It was announced this week that Plummer is also nominated for a BAFTA Award in the same category. And speaking of Zoomers on stage, actress and comedian Betty White celebrated her 90th birthday this week. The actress has reinvented herself many times over in her career, as Sue Ann Nivens on The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rose on The Golden Girls, and now as co-star in Hot in Cleveland and on her new reality show called Off Their Rockers. On Monday night, NBC aired a Betty White tribute that included a mock marriage proposal from comedian Zach Levy. I know it's your birthday and I don't want to rush you, but if you don't let me know in the next 30 minutes... I've got my eyes set on Carable Net. So if you could just, I hope you say yes. And I'm really looking forward to the honeymoon. And happy 90th birthday, and I love you. And thank you for letting me be here. Thank you so much, and forget those other women. Oh, my God. And with that, Betty gave Zach a Hollywood-style kiss. Her birthday was actually Tuesday, and she spent it at home, quietly, with her golden retriever, Pontiac. Those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. It's at the top of our agenda for the coming year. CARP has declared 2012 the year to end elder abuse. And now it seems the federal government is also starting to move on this. Minister of State for Seniors Alice Wong was in Toronto on Friday to conduct a roundtable on the subject, asking stakeholders like CARP, for their ideas on how to raise awareness and combat abuse. Here's producer Paul Thomas. There are a number of different definitions of elder abuse, but I'll give you the Toronto Police Service definition. It's harm caused to a person over the age of 65 by someone in a position of trust or authority. We're not talking about stranger crimes. We're talking about relationships with individuals who could be family members or care providers or professionals. Financial abuse is probably the big one for most people. In fact, MetLife Financial Institute out of the United States calls financial abuse the crime of the century. So it's something that's growing and growing, and it's a great concern to many because older adults can literally become destitute and homeless when they're taken advantage of financially. There's also emotional or psychological, sometimes called verbal abuse, which is particularly traumatic. It may or may not be a criminal matter, but it's it's just as devastating to individuals. And then there's physical abuse, there's sexual abuse or chemical or sometimes called pharma- pharmacological or medical abuse. And then there's always neglect. And some of the big cases that hit the headlines are failing to provide the necessaries of life. That was Patricia Fleischman from the Toronto Police Service. She was part of the roundtable discussion about elder abuse on Friday, hosted by Minister of State for Seniors, Alice Wong. Susan Ng, Vice President of Advocacy for CARP, was also part of the discussion. She says now that there is an awareness for elder abuse, we need to take bigger steps to end it. We at CARP are concentrated at interventions that would make a real difference, rather than uh, focusing on research and, you know, uh, strategies and so on. We're focusing on those things that we think would help our members and others uh, when they see an incidence or are confronted by elder abuse, what they can do about it. So, for example, we want to make sure that once they figure out there's a problem, that there's a place to call. So instead of burying the number in somebody's uh, portfolio, we say instead 
make it a 1-800 number that everybody knows or make it one of the 911 numbers that everybody can get to and they can triage. We also talk about the fact that people, frontline workers, have to have some kind of obligation to report. They need to know what to do when they see something going on. In addition to this, if these cases eventually become a criminal investigation, then what we want to make sure is that even the police need specialized support in order to investigate these issues sensitively and successfully. Then once successful, we want to make sure that people get convictions and that they are severely punished. And that's why we're very anxious to hear about the government advancing on its promise to actually increase sentencing for elder abuse as a hate crime. And finally, while we're waiting for something to happen, there's a real need for victim services and shelters if people have to be driven out of their homes. The host of the roundtable, Minister of State for Seniors Alice Wong, felt the conference was worthwhile and is ready to make the next move. Well, it was very fruitful. I, I appreciate all the efforts the frontline people have been doing you know, for, for our seniors, especially looking at the very challenging and complex issue of elder abuse. The next one is action. From the Minister's Office on King Street, I'm Paul Thomas for the Zoomer Week in Review. For more information on CARP and the year to end elder abuse, visit carp.ca. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review on the new AM740. We'll take a quick break and then return with Canada's superstar soprano, Misha Bruger-Gossman, who will share her story about emergency heart surgery and tell us why more women need to be aware of heart disease. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Here's a question that most of us answer wrong. What's the biggest health risk for women? You may be surprised that heart disease and stroke are the number one killers of women in Canada. And the signs and symptoms are different than they are in men. Internationally renowned soprano Misha Bruger-Gossman found out the hard way. As many of our listeners know, Misha had a brush with death nearly three years ago. At only 31, she had to have emergency open-heart surgery for a dissected aorta. It was followed by months of recovery that affected both her personal life and her career. Now it's her mission to make sure other women know the risks. She dropped by our studios to kick off Heart Health Month. Misha, welcome. So good to see you. You are looking so beautiful and so fit. My goodness. It's very nice of you to say. It's almost three years since you had that horrible emergency with your heart. Yeah. June 10th, 2009, I had uh, surgery. I underwent emergency open heart surgery. We're out here talking about uh, heart health because February is Heart Health Month. And Heart disease and stroke is the number one killer of women in Canada, which a lot of people don't know. I had assumed that I was healthy after having lost 150 pounds. Not true. Um, Sometimes you just have uh, genes that aren't in your favor. That's not to say that people who don't have a genetic predisposition to 
high cholesterol or high blood pressure shouldn't have themselves checked. On the contrary, it's called the silent killer for a reason. And I had neglected my blood pressure and my cholesterol. And in the end, uh, you know, the cumulative effect of my neglect led to a dissected aorta. Which is what? Which is when, you know, the main artery to your heart explodes. It's got like a over 80%, something like 87% mortality rate. So on that side of the medical lottery, I kind of I kind of come out I came out on the uh the other side, which is a real blessing. I set about trying to heal my body, but in so doing, I realized that it was more my mind that was broken. And you know, you go through trials that are a result of uh, a, a life lived, you know, quite selfishly. And my husband and I separated for a time. We eventually worked it out, but it, it came down to us figuring out who we were as individuals. And me, we, we both strengthened our faith and established communities. I became a yoga teacher. In addition to my job, he decided to become a paramedic. Both things that maybe we wouldn't have discovered or even accomplished had we been together. Did your brush with death have something to do with that? Probably. I mean, I I think it just dislodged a lot of things that needed to be dealt with that I was able to suppress because I was so busy all the time. You know, and it, it was almost like in the stillness, everything was exposed, which, you know, is why we should spend more time in stillness. What about your career? Were you worried it would affect your singing voice? Well, yeah, to a certain extent. It's a smaller question than will you live or die, whether or not you'll sound the same. You know, because I feel like, you know, to a certain extent, I sing much differently. I've almost um, returned to a place that is much more centered. I've had a lot of time off because I was meant at this point to be having a baby, but we ended up losing both of our babies and we started out with twins and and lost them both. And it was a horrible loss. With miscarriage, it's it's one of those things that a lot of people just gloss over and don't necessarily... Or they tell you about them once they've had a baby, right? So that you can look back and say, well... Yes, I had a miscarriage, but look at the baby I have now. But somehow I would be missing out on, you know, the experience of, you know, loving August David, who was my baby boy who was born on the 26th of August. I would miss out on, you know, loving him to the fullest if I just glossed over the fact that he existed. And we lost the first one, who I'm convinced was a girl, at 10 weeks, and it was horrible. I was meant to be singing at the Ron Sexsmith tribute uh, during Luminato, and and I just I just couldn't do it. It was just you're crushed. I mean, your whole chest just kind of implodes with grief, and you really don't think um, it'll ever get better, but it does. What is your message to women in terms of heart disease? Because women, I don't think women realize how big a killer it is, and the symptoms are very different in women. That's right. It can be as simple as a cough 
or acid reflux or uh, not necessarily shortness of breath. You could be bending over to to pick something up and it, like your baby or a box or something and you could feel dizziness. And that could be your indicator for heart disease. So you want to really watch out for those things. The best thing you can do is preventative maintenance, right? This is just just the information of knowing your cholesterol and monitoring your blood pressure will take you a long way. Okay. Misha Bruger gossman thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, lady. Great to see you. <laughs> Free cholesterol tests will be available for the entire month of February. To find the location nearest you, visit www.basel.ca. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review on the new AM740. She was on the 16, on the 16. I loved her so. It's Sam Cooke's birthday, and in just a minute, we'll celebrate with some music by the man known as the King of Soul. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Zneimer. That's the sound of the men working on the chain game. Sam Cooke was called the king of soul, and for good reason. His songbook includes some of the most iconic songs of the late 50s and early 60s. Songs like Cupid, Chain Gang, Another Saturday Night, Twisting the Night Away, and Only 16. Sadly, his life ended in 1964, but the recordings he left behind went on to become legendary. In 1986, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, And in 1999, he was posthumously awarded a Lifetime Achievement Grammy. Today, Sam Cooke would have turned 81 years old. Here's the first single released by Sam Cooke. In 1957, it shot to the top of both the R&B and the pop charts. It's You Send Me. Darling, you send me. I know you send me. Darling, you. I know, I know, I know when 
you home Oh, whenever you kiss me That was You Send Me by the King of Soul, Sam Cooke, released in 1957. He would have been 81 today. That brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll be back next Sunday at noon right here on the new AM740 Zoomer Radio. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.